Good Bone Health makes active aging possible. Join us for inspiring conversations from diverse perspectives in osteoporosis from patients, healthcare providers, caregivers, policymakers, researchers, advocates, and innovators. Protect your ability to live your best life. The information and opinions expressed in Bone Talk are not intended to replace the services of trained and qualified health professionals or to be a substitute of medical advice of physicians. You may review the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation's full medical disclaimer at bonehealthandosteoporosis.org. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bone Talk. I'm Claire Gill, CEO of the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation. The start of every new year inspires many of us to set resolutions to improve our lives. Health and wellness almost always seems to be at the top of everyone's list. It certainly is on mine. But it probably comes as no surprise that most people break those resolutions by the middle of February. In fact, some studies suggest that New Year's resolutions have a failure rate of about 80%. So when thinking about your health goals, now is a good time to really reevaluate your long-term plan for success. Try reframing your resolutions as power moves and play the long game when it comes to getting healthy. Joining me today to talk about how to map out your power moves to set yourself up for long-term success is Elaine Henderson, the facilitator of the BHOF-sponsored Bone Buddies Virtual Support Group. Each week, Elaine helps those who are navigating osteoporosis and issues related to bone health by hosting presentations, answering questions during live group sessions, and conducting demonstrations. The group sessions cover topics about nutrition, exercise, treatment options, medications, and so much more. Elaine, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Claire. Thank you for including me in the podcast. We're delighted to have you here. I'm I'm so grateful for everything that you do with Bone Buddies and your support group. So let's start by sharing with our listeners a little bit about your background and about the Bone Buddies education and support group. Well, I am an RN a registered nurse. I've worked with patients who had head injuries, multiple trauma, and orthopedic patients in the past. I switched into the fitness field in the year 2000 when my husband was having some heart problems. I couldn't imagine going into the hospital when here I was dealing with some issues with my husband at home. So we joined the gym and I decided at that time, well, you know, I'm going to take some time off from the hospital and uh, work as a fitness trainer. So I uh, started my own fitness practice because uh, the gym I worked at closed and a lot of people asked me if I would continue working with them. And at that point, I realized that I might never get back to the hospital, although I really enjoyed being a nurse at the hospital. Bone Buddies was established in 2011. One of my clients in my fitness group asked if I would attend a meeting, knowing that I'm an RN. And at the time of the meeting, the leader was stepping down and looking for a volunteer to take over the group. And Ah. nobody else um, volunteered. So I'm like, all right, this is very important. And so I volunteered. That was back in, let's see, that was 2013 when that happened. Sounds like you were invited specifically for a reason to that meeting, Elaine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was an interesting situation for sure. And it was like, well, what am I getting myself into? 
but it turned out to be very rewarding. And Bone Buddies had continued to meet once a month in the um, hospital. And what happened then is we had COVID occur. And that's when um, we changed and went online. I already had set up an appointment with a registered dietitian, my friend, once a month with my clients in my fitness group. Yeah. And so I just included Bone Buddies in that group. So we we were not only once a month meeting for a presentation in Bone Buddies on, on bone health, but then also um, meeting with the healthy eating sessions. Well, that's good. I mean, they're so interconnected, you know, and we'll talk more about that, obviously, today, too. Yes. And then, of course, after that, when COVID hit, we went online and the hospital, of course, could no longer hold us have us at their at their hospital yeah. for meetings and nobody was meeting at that point anyways so we went moved online and then our group kind of expanded yes and people that had moved out of the Dallas area that I was still in touch with on emails started joining back in and then other people that were friends of whomever started joining in well we've ultimately ended up being all over the country now and we even have a few international countries that we work with yeah. That's awesome. It's really been an interesting time uh, with uh, helping other people and also finding out about their issues. And what's really wonderful is the original members of the Bone Buddies group is also helping out those who are just getting their new diagnosis on osteoporosis. It's really wonderful how they have come through, too. That's great. Yeah, it is so important. And I, I don't know if our listeners know that we have over 20 BHOF-affiliated support groups around the country. Like yours, many of them had to go into virtual mode during the COVID crisis, as all of us did. Some have come back in person. A lot of them are you know, trying to do that. But I love that yours is available virtually for, as you said, for anybody to join. And that's really very special. So delighted that you're making that available to, to anybody who wants to join. And we'll With this podcast, we'll also make sure that in the notes, we have information, Elaine, about how people can reach out to you. And if they don't have a support group in their area and want to join Bone Buddies, I'm sure you would be welcoming. Yes. You know, it's really been fascinating how this has evolved in our group. But there is something to be said about face-to-face, working in a group locally where you can have the contacts which is what we did. We had a lot of presenters that came in and shared information, doctors and other types of professionals. And it was very helpful. But, you know, with evolving into this, oh my gosh, we're reaching so many other people too that don't have a support group. So it offers other types of benefits instead. And it's been really wonderful. Either way, it has been great. Yeah, looks that both are, like you said, there is something about the human connection. And sadly, that did take a huge hit during COVID. But then sometimes people have like transportation issues, or they can't get to the meetings and things like that. So having the virtual option is really, really terrific. So we're delighted that you're offering that. So let's talk a little bit more about how we can set ourselves up for success when we're trying to be healthier. And so we've kind of all heard that Failing to plan is planning to fail. So what are a few things people can do when defining their own power moves that will help them set them up for longer-term success? What would you advise? 
I use the um, SMART goals process. And SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And I try to keep those features in the goals that are being set. An example would be, of course, writing down the goals and checking back on a regular basis, reflecting also on the success and challenges every day and week in a diary or with an accountability partner, and posting your goals on a mirror or fridge so that you can be reminded of what you're trying to do. We're talking about low bone density and how it can impact your life in so many ways. Yeah. But you can really have specific goals when trying to, shall we say, approach this diagnosis that you received and getting the treatment options. One goal would be perhaps to start off with making sure that your DEXA scan, your T-score is accurate and Mm -hmm. that it, it corresponds to the other testing that you can receive. Many people don't realize that there's more to it than just a T-score with right. finding out about the characteristics of your bone health. And you can go through, uh, in addition to the T-score, you can get the trabecular bone score and it's abbreviated TBS. And that is available on the same programming that is offered, the same software that is offered with the DEXA scan. And in addition to that, you can have blood work done and your urine, 24-hour urine is recommended. And there is also the vertebral fracture assessment in addition to, and that can be done at the same time as your bone density test. But yeah. in addition to all that, of course, is the FRAX, F-R-A-X assessment that helps with seeing where you really are in risk of getting fractures. And what we're really trying to avoid is fractures. That's right. So that would be one goal is, you know, looking at what you need to do to make sure you have a correct assessment, a correct diagnosis, and then also looking at the secondary causes of, shall we say, low bone density. And in particular, the parathyroid hormone, which is not a thyroid hormone, it's alongside, faced, you know, along the, on, on the side of the thyroid gland. And that is one that can cause loss of calcium. And then also hypercalciuria, which is a lot of calcium in your urine. You're secreting a lot of calcium in your urine. And that is what's why it's important to get a urine test, a 24-hour yeah. urine test on that. Yeah. It's so great that, again, that you're available to be able to provide this information you know, to your support groups and stuff. Because like you said, there's so many things when you get a diagnosis, especially when they're told that you know you have a chronic disease. And I was shocked, too, when my mom was getting diagnosed, we were looking at her parathyroid, too, how many things are actually connected to that tiny little nodule. And, you know, but again, there's, there's so many things that need to be evaluated so that you can find out, like you said, what is really driving the bone loss? Why do you have low bone mass or osteoporosis? And then how to go about treating it. And so it is really important. I also love that you, you mentioned those updates on the technology aspect of it. I think one of the really exciting things in the bone health field are all of these screening and diagnostic tools that are coming you know, into practice. Not every place has all of these new tests, but many do. So like you said, it's worth asking about. We'll also put 
with the notes for this session, we have information about all of those tests that you mentioned on our website. And so I'll make sure that we link to that for anybody listening who wants to follow up and see more about those. That will be available as well. And yeah, and I think there's you know, even more coming on the market because people are finally starting to realize that this is a huge problem in the United States and we need more access to ways to screen people and find out earlier before they break a bone, you know, do they have those risk factors? So yeah, it's great that you brought those up and it's exciting to be able to do that. I love that as you know, the, the breakdown on how to take a goal and then work through the goal with things like you said that are actionable, that are measurable, you know, and all of those things. I've just done the same for myself. I like to do yearly planning, but having that the actionable goals are very specific are so important because otherwise you just lose track of, oh, well, how do I get there if I really want to do that? I've been successful in some areas and less successful in others. So the, the, the healthy living part is less successful for me, but it's not that I'm for lack of trying. So I love hearing from experts like you about what are the ways that we can really make that health, wellness, and fitness a priority. We also know like staying motivated is a big challenge for people. And, you know, again, people seem like at the end of the year to get really excited about the new year. And so they make these resolutions. But then after a couple months, you know, if things aren't going well, or they just have things, they just don't have the positive changes that they were expecting. And so they lose the motivation. So you've probably discussed that a bunch with your support groups. You know, what are your, some of your thoughts on how to stay motivated? You know, we actually are dealing with this situation right now. And actually, it, it started last spring that finally people were getting back out and getting their DEXA scans, their T-scores again. And so many were coming back with a drop, a decrease uh-huh. in their T-scores. And upon reflection, I realized that possibly, probably what's happened was we were confined at home, you know, with the pandemic. We were not going to the gyms or doing our usual activity levels. There was stress because you didn't know if somebody was going to come down with COVID and maybe you had family members that you were dealing with that became ill, including yourself. Yeah. And also um, some of our eating habits for some of us may not have been so great. I mean, I had a lady telling me just a few days ago, oh, well, I normally really don't care about wine, but I started drinking more wine when I was <laughs> stuck at home. Uh, you know? She was not alone. I heard <laughs> that from many people. Yeah. So I'm sure that looking back at these couple past years, that yes, there are going to be some changes, which like you're saying, that staying motivated, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, things just kind of fell apart during these past couple of years. But what was really great is that we had some good stories in our support group, some people who did improve, or at least I find it good if you maintained, you know, it even get worse. We had some of those stories that were inspiring. And then, of course, we just all kind of like, I had a sense that, okay, this happened, and now let's work on this. We are getting better. We're so fortunate with the vaccinations, the scientists that, you know, have saved us all, you know, from right. being very sick. 
And so now it's time for us to get back to our work and we can get better. You know, it's not where you have to accept the fact that, okay, I've gotten worse and I'm stuck there. No, we can get better. And this could be a very temporary condition. And I think it's going to be that way. So staying motivated, what I find really helps is, of course, breaking down into bits and pieces what your goals are and working up the steps like in a ladder, in the clinical ladder, kind of like a goal ladder. Yeah. I also do reward myself every couple of weeks. You know, I'm not quite the expert, you say. (laughs) (laughs) I have my challenges too, but somehow by making sure that I have a reward every couple of weeks. And it's just like going for a walk in the woods or, you know, a park, a special park, going to the art museum, something that I put on my calendar that I have for every two weeks. And so that helps me too. Another thing about staying motivated is to look at your past successes and think about using you know, what worked for you in the past? Let's think about, you know, what what were you able to do in the past and how did you do it? And how about if we use those techniques to help you with getting better now, you know, the strengths that you had in the past. And we all have overcome hurdles in the past. And it's good to look back at that and think, okay, how did I handle that? There's got to be some good that I did out of it. And of course, to stay positive, you know, think about what you are benefiting from even if it's small amounts of in your goals. That's really great advice. And it's interesting because I was just saying earlier that, right, I am, I'm successful in some areas and less successful in others. And I haven't taken the time to sit down and think about what do I do in the areas where I'm very successful and how do I apply those skills to other areas of my life that I want to work on? I've always just been like, oh, I'm always going to be working on this. And wow, this always comes easy to me. Why can't I do that, you know, in every area of my life? But yeah, it takes some self-reflection, I guess. So maybe I'm going to have to add another step, another goal going into my my thing on what I'm going to be looking at. But I I love that as a way to, to motivate. And as you said, the reward is really great, except I'll just go to the extreme. I'll be like, oh, I'm going on a shopping spree now that I've done something for two weeks. So don't develop another unhealthy habit, folks by rewarding yourself. But I love the idea of making it the reward being just something you love to do and giving yourself time to do it. Time is so precious for all of us right now. And like you said, the reward of time to do something you love is a great, great motivator. I forgot to mention another very important part. And that is if you keep a diary or if you have an accountability partner and Mm. I have a friend that I talk to and we kind of go over our goals together, what we're doing and, and plan things out that way. And, oh my gosh, I'm just so grateful for her because, you know, we, we have a chance to feedback from each other on, on what we're doing. And then of course, I'm very fortunate, um, your significant other, or, you know, for myself, a, a wonderful spouse who has been my behind the scenes partner here with all that I do with Bone Buddies. and. He's also been very supportive, helping me through my goals. Yeah. And that's another great reason to join a support group. Yeah. Like either locally or virtually, like you said, for that accountability, that little bit of encouragement, you know, even the same thing, just talking to you now is like giving me that extra motivation to be like, oh, I should really, you know, I can do this. And Mm -hmm. they always say too, like you said, either writing things down. I love the journal idea. That's kind of daily accountability 
or saying it out loud to somebody makes you accountable, you know, or be like, oh, I want to do this. And then if you tell people you want to do that, your chance of doing it actually increases. It's amazing how our mind works like that and does those things. So I love those options. That's really great. Another thing is the visualizing to see yourself as what you want to accomplish. And that does make a difference too. That is really, that's very true too. People do vision boards that, you know, again, are sort of visual pictures, drawings, things like that, that you kind of put up somewhere where you can reflect on it and be motivated, as you said, to do that. And I thought it was, I, you know, reminded me of like collaging when I was little, you know, when you were school and you're making the collages. And then so it felt like, oh, this is kind of silly. But then doing it as an adult, and I had a group chat the other day with another organization where as a team building exercise professionally at their work, they all made a vision board together. Mm. And the woman said she was so surprised how into it everybody got, the men, the women, everybody. And now they have, they're have framing it and putting it up in their office or something. So clearly it's taking on, you know, people are getting the idea that this really works yeah. and it's something to do. So yeah, the vision board and visualization is hugely important. I need to put a big stop sign on my fridge, I think is what I'm going to do and <laughs> stay away from those unhealthy snacks. But anything that like that, that, that really helps you do uh, stay accountable, as you said, is really what's, true. What's so important is to think of what you are going towards than necessarily what you're losing out on and remembering that, you know, you're, you're benefiting, you're, you're going to get better with this and trying not to think about the things that you're missing out on or losing, but looking, just staying focused, you know, keeping that narrow focus, that tunnel vision. Okay. This is where I'm going to benefit. So that's so many. I had one of our board members, our former board members, Heidi Skolnick, who's also been on our podcast. She often says when she's like working out that she's working out for her older self. She envisions the type of person she wants to be in her 70s and 80s and, you know, out with her grandkids doing her activities. And she said at her current age, that motivates her. She, you know, that, that time she's spending now, she's looking down the road to what do I want my life to look like? And that now I'm doing stuff now to make that happen. And I think that's really terrific, too. No matter what age we are, we can look at that as, uh, you know, here's how to do things. I joked with people for years, Elaine, and and now I have to pay the piper. I would say to people, I'm going to be smoking hot in my 50s, right? I'm that's what I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to be great in my 50s. So I'm in my 50s and I have work to do. But it's so funny because so many people will say that back to me now laughing like, "Remember, you've only got, you know, how X many years left. You said you were going to be the hottest you've ever been in your 50s." Believe it or not, then I didn't know what menopause does to a body. So um, right, I have some real work to do. But it's funny, like you said, just kind of being that accountable stuff and envisioning what are going to be the long-term benefits of this activity. So I love those examples. So let's talk a little bit about when you're like leading the Bone Buddy stuff, what are like the three power moves you suggest that can help people prioritize their bone health? What would be the things you suggest they consider? Well, the first main one, of course, is making sure the um, diagnosis is correct, gathering information, gaining support from your family, your friends, your community, and of course, you know, from the uh, support group, 
if you're, you can do that. And then deciding on your treatment options. That's the huge first power move. Beyond that, then the second one I feel is important is to find out how to safely move your bodies and prevent falls. You know, the whole, this is all about preventing falls and fractures. So that is very important. You know, watching the videos on the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation website is really helpful on safe movements. And that's what I cover in my exercise classes. And of course, do, you know, strength training a couple times a week if you can. Find either a physical therapist or a fitness trainer that is familiar with osteoporosis and and the restrictions, the modifications, I should say, that you should do so that you can protect your spine. And, you know, when you mentioned about being in your 50s, those are the best years of your life. You are in your best years of your life. And, you know, to celebrate that, this is really a great time that you're in. And for those of us with low bone density is to remember now, this is something that we have to, that is going to be there with us. That's part of our personhood now, you know, is right. so, is this condition and to modify as we need to, but still go out there and enjoy life, you know, to, um, shall we say, change our mindset from fear to being empowered, thinking that, okay, this is one of those challenges that I can handle and get better from and be stronger as a result. That's a great reminder. Yes. I think something I all tell younger people all the time, every decade has been better for me. You know, when you look back and things like, oh, I've had, oh, my 20s were great. 20s were great. Tell you what, 30s were better. Mm -hmm. 40s were even better. And I absolutely believe that 50s are. So you're right. We have so much to look forward to. And I want you to go back to your power moves, but I want to come back to that a little bit about the fear and the diagnosis and and using it as an empowerment tool instead. But but I interrupted your, go go forward with your other power moves that you recommend. (laughs) Well, this is what knowledge is powerful. And, and by gaining that information through others, through your support group, through the Bone Health Osteoporosis Foundation, has, you have so many, so many things there that can help people. And of course, the next power movement is a power move, shall I say, is um, healthy eating yeah. and getting the right nutrients absorbed in your body so you can have strong bones talking to your pharmacist about your medications, about the timing of when to take your medications so that you optimize their effect. And then, of course, when you can take your nutrition so that your um, some medications might block absorption, like calcium, if you take that as a supplement, it may block absorption of some of the other nutrients. So it's best to take it at a different time. There's a lot of information out there. A registered dietitian is valuable. Mm-hmm. And of course, everyone is welcome to join our um, healthy eating sessions. She's very, very helpful. But, you know, it's also a little bit at a time. We keep repeating and repeating in our sessions because it takes a while to absorb all the information. But that's another power movement. A power move is the nutrition. And then beyond that is, of course, the physical activity, meditation, practicing mindfulness and getting enough sleep. And if you have problems with sleeping, go see a sleep specialist. 
doing a sleep apnea test is so simple now. You can do it at home. And having enough sleep, all of these things will help reduce the stress and stress can impact your bone strength. So we want to try to keep our calmness so that we are staying strong too. It's all part of that. So uh, I would suggest those are the power moves on remember these are lifelong things to continue. You know, it's, it's part of right. our um, a long-term goals. So, yeah. And they say just, you know, if you do these things little by little and you can, you know, probably speak more to this, but I know that again, other, other fitness professional I've talked to was like, even moving 10 minutes a day is really important. In fact, I was just writing a email blast that we were doing and that new study that came out that said walking five minutes every 30 minutes is fantastic for your health. And actually, when they compared all these different things, five minutes was the right time to lower your blood sugar and lower your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And that's something we can all do, but we are so sedentary these days, you know, where it's like, again, sitting in front of the Zoom or in front of the computer or watching television when we're done with our days. And if we just plan to move, like set a little alarm every 30 minutes. If you're in the office, get up and walk around the office for a bit. I mean, go say hi to someone for a few minutes and how incredible that is to improve our overall well-being. You know, so, so important. I do want to get back to just because when you said that, it's something that we address a lot and I'd love your perspective on it as both a nurse and a fitness professional. When people get the diagnosis of osteoporosis, that worry about the falls becomes a little paralyzing. And we joked, my siblings and I joked with my mom after her falls, we're going to wrap her in bubble wrap. You know, we're not going to let her fall down or do anything. So what do you advise people when they're worried about doing anything, you know, to bring on a boxer? How do you get them to, what are your recommendations or how do you talk through to them about, it's okay to move. It's okay to do things, to live your life, right? Yeah. I Once again, I, I think that Sherry Betts, the physical therapist who uh, made the videos that are on your website, are really helpful because you're going through everyday motions and how to keep your body safe so that you don't get yourself at risk. The fact of talking to other people about your concerns and getting information from them is so reassuring. And it helps change their mind, you know, one's mindset about the fear of falling. Of course, anything that we do, like the walking, you're so right about the five minutes. The walking is like the best exercise to do for us, you know, helping strengthen the bones. And walking outside is really, really important too, if it's safe. But everything that we do, it's best to start gradually on doing it. And that helps build up the confidence people might have. I have a a lady friend who walks out in front of my house every day, and it turned out she has osteoporosis, and she is walking. When I first met her, she was walking slowly, you know, gradually doing things. And now, a year later, I see her doing this brisk walk. <laughs> yeah. And she even admitted that she fell off the um, curb once, slipped off the, you know, while she was walking and that she was okay, even though she has osteoporosis. And I believe her, I would hope her DEXA score, her T-score has improved by now, but it's just amazing to see the confidence and 
how she is so much faster now in her moves. And so, you know, just starting out with those few steps and then gradually building up, but also making the time for it is very important. That's really great. Yeah. Just, you know, I said baby steps, we can baby step our way through anything. And as you said, once you get, you know, through that first phase of, oh, wow, this is a new diagnosis and what do I do? It becomes less scary. I think we can all confirm that no matter what it is. And like you said, but any challenge, right? After you start getting into the challenge and realizing, oh, oh life goes on. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, we've got this, which is really good. Yeah. I love that. So let's talk a little bit before we wrap up about the upcoming Best Buddies, Bone Buddies meetings that you have coming up and what are some of the topics that you'll be covering? We can give people a little preview. Yes. I try to base the topics on what people are asking about in the conversations that we are having in our meetings, our time together. And what seemed to be a big need right now is learning more about the spine and why it's important to take back precautions when we're doing our activities. And I know even Sherry Betts is very good with demonstrating this in her videos. And I also, being from a hospital background, I took care of back patients who had surgery. And the concept of log rolling, when you're turning and not twisting and side bending and um, hunching forward. So anyhow, I decided that it was really important to give visuals of like x-rays or diagrams of what the vertebrae look like, the spine, and why are we at risk of getting micro fractures in our spine in our activities. And it is so empowering when people see, oh, this is what it looks like. This is where we're at risk and understand this is why I minimize my twisting. You know, you go through life, you'll have to do some sort of twisting and, and side bending, but we try to minimize the use of that. And uh, so that's going to be our next session, and it's on February 11th at 10 a.m. Central Time. And then beyond that, I have so many things that people have asked about, (laughs) and one of them is uh, the vibration plate, which is controversial. And so in March, on March 11th, is our next Bone Bene session, and I'm going to see if I can get someone to present, or I'll look up the information myself on vibration plate. and. you know, it's not like we're endorsing these things. It's just learning about them and seeing what the information is out there. Education is empowerment, like you said. Mm-hmm. And that's, we do have the same, you know, perspective at BHOF. We will, I'll pass on some information that we have about the vibration plates for you, Elaine. And, and anything that is available that's out there, we at least want to provide information to people. We do the same thing on like FDA approved treatments. We have to share information about every FDA treatment and the screening tools, as you talked about. And then there's these other tools, like you said, everyone always asks, you know, they read about them or they see. And so being informed and then making an informed choice with your clinician about whether it's right for you is the best possible thing to do. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, it really is an exciting time. I think there's a lot of research going on out there and a lot of innovations going on. Yes. And so it's really thrilling. One thing in the future that I want to cover is this concept of 70 to 80% maximum repetition rep on our weights. You know, there's questions on how much weight should we carry and I want to investigate the research on that too and find out more information on what I could recommend as far as specific to yourself. Yeah. 
with weights. So that'll be a future presentation too. So those are all great. I really, really encourage everyone who's listening to think about dialing into your bone buddies because you're really covering a lot of the questions that we get. And and again, like you said, there's really exciting things happening and, and innovations coming in. And we're actually, the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation is working with the American Academy of Sports Medicine mm-hmm. on a position, a paper, well, more like a guidance, an update, I should say, on exercise for bone health throughout the lifespan. Oh, I love it. That's yeah, we get that. I will make sure that, you know, obviously we'll be putting it on our website, but I'll make sure you get that too for your your support group, Elaine. And those are the questions that we need the experts to answer, right? What are the repetitions? What does the science say? And having people who are really in that field helping to interpret data because it's really hard to do as a lay person when you see these new scientific studies come out. Like, well, what does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. And so we try to do that, you know, figuring out what does it mean for our patient population? And so we'll share that. So you've got some great topics and I'm, I'm really excited that people will be able to access them. Elaine, thank you so much for joining me today. We really appreciate all the information you shared about the Bone Buddies virtual support group and tips for helping our listeners define their own power moves and set themselves up for long-term success. As I said earlier, we'll have links to resources and materials associated with this episode at bonetalk.org. And for more information about how to keep your bones strong and healthy for life, please visit us at bonehealthandosteoporosis.org. And if you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, please do two things. One, subscribe to Bone Talk so you never miss an episode. And two, please share with all your friends and family. Thanks again, Elaine. Thank you, Claire. And thank you for the organization and the work that you all do. You have been so important to all of us in the community and really grateful for what you all are doing. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for joining Bone Talk, the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation's podcast that shares information, strategies, and inspiration about good bone health that makes active aging possible. To learn more about bone health, to become involved, and or help fuel BHOF's mission with financial support, visit bonehealthandosteoporosis.org. 